This is Sammy Reinstein, and you're listening to Conversation Starters. On this show, we talk all about bringing conversations back to B2B marketing and selling. Because if there's one thing we know about doing business in the revenue era, it's that the best customer experience wins. Season three of Conversation Starters is brought to you by Really Good Sales Plays, a landing page built to inspire your sales team, whether they're inbounding, outbounding, or managing a deal. These plays are proven to generate pipeline and close deals, so you can celebrate more wins. Check them out at drift.ly slash salesplays. Now, to the episode. Sammy, remember back to the beginning of the season when I had you do a live podcast recording? Um, yeah, I remember you, that. How did you forget, forget that, that one? I literally, I came back from a month off for sabbatical and Elizabeth was like, welcome back. So for our first episode, it's going to be live. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! But it went great <laughs> and it was on Goldcast and we at Drift use Goldcast for all of our virtual events, so webinars, live podcasts and other of our bigger conferences like Rev Growth. And I've just been so interested in Goldcast and the whole product that I thought, why don't we talk to an events person, someone in Goldcast, on how they think about the ROI of events, continuing conversations, and using events at every stage of the uh, funnel. Yeah. So today I'm really excited to talk to Kelly Chang, who is the head of marketing and growth at Goldcast. And like we mentioned, Goldcast is a revenue-driven event marketing platform. She's going to talk to us all about how marketers and sellers can and should think about branded events. Like Elizabeth said, at every stage of the customer journey, at every stage of the funnel. So let's get into it. But first, one more thing. Oh, I have a conversation starter for you, Sammy. Ooh, okay. What is it this time? What is your go-to karaoke song? I know you have one. You probably have like three. I have to say that Breaking Free from High High School School Musical Musical? really gets the crowd going because you can get a friend up there. You're not as nervous. Sing along. Everyone knows it. Is it really hard to sing? Yes. Do you not realize how hard it is to sing until you're up there in front of everyone? Also, yes. But I will be sure to ask Kelly as well yes. what her favorite is. to see her answer. So before we dive in, Kelly, we are starting season three by asking some conversation starters ourselves. Just to break the ice, start the conversation, if you will. So not to put you on the spot, but our conversation starter for you is what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, my go-to karaoke song. You know, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, but I've got to say, Build Me Up Buttercup is like the best karaoke song for me. Yeah. That's a great one. Gets the crowd going. It's not too long. (laughs) Sometimes when you do karaoke and you're up there and you're like, whoa, this song is really long. Like I I did not commit to standing up here. Or like the beat's way too fast. I don't remember (laughs) it being so fast. (laughs) And you're like, wait, wait, I actually don't know the words. I only know the chorus. I only know the bridge. Awesome. Well, now that we know a little bit more about you and your go-to karaoke song, would you mind just giving yourself a quick intro, who you are, and what you do at Goldcast? 
Sure. So I'm Kelly Chang. I am the head of growth at Goldcast, which is a revenue-driven event marketing platform. I've been at Goldcast since October 2021, so coming up on my one year. I lead the marketing team, and our goals are really to drive lead generation, brand awareness, and adoption of our product. I've been in marketing for over the last 10 years. I graduated learning about marketing, knowing exactly that I wanted to be in marketing, and so super happy to be here today. Awesome. Well, congrats on one year at Goldcast. And I saw you also just raised a Series A, which is very exciting, I'm sure. So we talk a lot on the podcast. I mean, the Conversation Starters is our name. And we do our Conversation Starters. And we talk a lot about starting conversations, but also starting the right conversations. And I think with events and specifically what Goldcast does, you're inviting in new people and new personas and maybe new industries. And there's a lot of different ways that you can start the right conversation through events. But I wanted to start by doubling down into something you said on a webinar with Alice. And you said, it's important to talk with sales and customer success to identify best fit prospects for event registration. So can you talk a bit about what does that alignment look like in practice? So when you're looking at an event, you know, events are a great place for people to network and connect. But outside of that, it's also a great place for, you know, brands to be able to share content, thought leaders to be able to share their perspectives on certain topics. And so when you're having an event, it's really a distribution channel for content. And so lining your target audience, your personas with the content that you have in mind is super important. If you're and metric is pipeline. You know, you have, you know, a bunch of leading KPIs that you're going to be able to be tracking before you get to that pipeline number. Some of them may include, you know, leads getting created, registrations, people actually attending. None of that those metrics are going to skyrocket unless you have that alignment. If your content speaks to the end consumer of that content, then you're going to see that organic engagement. And that's where, you know, you see magic happen with events. Yeah, I mean, that is extremely important, the alignment. And also, if you have that alignment pre-event, it means post-event, hopefully your teams are doing a really good job following up because they're bought in. They know that their target accounts or whoever that best fit prospect may be is going to that event and is specific to them and their needs. Exactly. And so, you know, we kind of see, you know, marketing as the person responsible or the team responsible for creating this content. But in order, you know, for the event to be successful, we need to fill butts on seats. And that's where we lean on our sales and our CS teams. Like, how can you help get the word out, get the right people signing up so then we can have the successful event from pre-event, during event, all the way through to post-event? Yeah. And what do you find to be most successful, like the channels that sales and CS can use to help spread that word? Is it enabling them through social or just through their calls that they're having with their prospects and customers? There's definitely certain channels that are more impactful than others. Like we at Goldcast see organic social, just organic referral traffic being, you know, the thing that drives the most results for us. But it's also just identifying the right opportunities. If you're, you know, if a CSM is having a QBR call and it's going really well, it might be a good opportunity to, you know, invite them to an event or ask for a G2 review. So really being in tune with, you know, how the response is and finding 
opportunities within that conversation to plug your CTAs. It is an art and you know you do have to kind of go through experiences to understand how to identify those opportunities, but when you are able to identify those opportunities and you know scale it that way, you're not only going to get a successful event registration numbers, but you're also going to get this amazing kind of like bond between your brand and like your customers. So we're starting the right conversations, right? We have that alignment with customer success and sales and we have that best fit prospect. And we are encouraging and enabling sales and CS to get people to the event. And then post-event, we're thinking now about how can we continue the conversation. So Mm -hmm. how can marketers best enable their sales teams and customer teams, for for that matter, to follow up with event attendees and continue those conversations? This is a great question. And so we at Goldcast, we treat attendees and people that did not attend separately. We do not treat them all the same. I think it's super important to treat everybody as individuals as much as possible at scale. (laughs) And so for attendees at Goldcast on all the events that we run, we obviously run all of our events on our own platform. We always include some kind of way to learn more about our audience. So whether it's executing a poll, asking, you know, what's your favorite color or, you know, something, maybe even something super random, maybe something related to the content. But the point is that all that data gets synced through from our platform to marketing automation platforms through to Salesforce. So then the salesperson will be able to understand, oh, this person's actually interested in blue versus yellow. So in my follow-up, I will continue that conversation by talking about blue. So that's you know how we've been able to use our own platform to continue conversations from interactions that happen during the event. If you did not attend an event, what we do on, on the marketing side is that we write out these amazing recaps of every single session, every single event as a tool to enable our teams to be able to speak to what happened in the event that the registrant missed. So sorry you missed this. This is what happened. If you want to check it out, we have it on demand. Here it is. So not really using that status of did not attend to sell, like, let's get a demo, let's get a meeting, but more of like a nurture, like this is what you missed. Join us for the next one. And that's a really important point. You know, if they if they didn't attend, it doesn't mean necessarily their next step is going to be get a demo. So it's it's finding those ways to nurture. And I love what you said about using the poll information in the follow up. So finding something in terms of, you know, a personalized conversation. But like you said, it's personalization at scale. You can't necessarily personalize the information to every single person. But if you're asking that poll information or thinking even about you could use the poll for like what types of content would you like to see in the follow-up and and bucketing that out. That is very interesting. Yeah. We also actually see people at, you know, we have people asking questions in an event. We have a Q&A tab where all of our questions end up. We track that as well. So if someone has a specific question, you can, you know, continue that conversation and bring it over to email and just, you know, extend that relationship from the event through to post-event. And how do you find that the post-event communication changes depending on if it's more for your top of funnel audience who is just getting some awareness versus maybe a customer or a bottom of funnel type of customer webinar or customer event? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the one thing that we look at to understand how we approach these differently is data, understanding 
how their engagement data has been you know, collected up until this point for follow-up. If they're a customer, you know, what do we want them to do next as a customer? If they're a prospect, if they're super early, they've only been to our website twice, they're probably not you know, ready to buy. But you know, if they're clicking on our paid ads, they're probably Googling us and likely ready to buy. So using that data to really help inform what the next steps are. Yeah, it's that intent and then the intent follow-up and making that personalized. When it comes to the event itself, I think that something that's on every event marketer's mind is how do I get someone there? And we talked a little bit about enabling CS and sales and having them post to social channels and employee engagement. But what do you suggest from a content perspective leading up to the event to not only get people to register, but actually show up to the event? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of times, and I've been interviewing a lot of event marketers that have, you know, talked about how the wrong way to run an event is like, you know, the reason to have an event is, oh, we have to have an event and then building your content map afterwards. You really have to start with the content and knowing, you know, what your event is for, having that purpose before you say you're going to run it. So we always start with content, making sure that we actually have, you know, something important to say. If we're going to be asking for people's time live, then, you know, it's there's got to be value to it. They've got to get something out of it. We don't want to ever host an event that we don't want to attend ourselves. So always starting with the content first. From the get-go, we have an arsenal of, you know, promotional ways to promote the event because we know that, you know, event marketers are going to want to attend and get this out, get out of it. What we like to do at Goldcast is tease things out. So starting, you know, with the headliner and then, you know, coming up with, you know, a supporting sessions, maybe a workshop afterwards, something more and more and more. So people aren't forgetting what's going to happen and you're just adding more to their plate. And then finally, something that we've seen super, super helpful is incentivizing attendance, getting people to show up by saying, we're going to get you a coffee if you join us live for, you know, this afternoon event. People love games. So teasing out a, you know, giveaway or, you know, gamifying events, people you know are super incentivized that way. Another way that I've newly tried to do is I've been trying out a lot of different social media automation tools. So sending out mass in-mails to my network or lists in LinkedIn, inviting people to events. At Goldcast, we have really, really, really amazing email marketing capabilities within the platform. And something that I've seen work really well getting people to show up is sending emails during the event. When your event's going on, just because it's going on doesn't mean people can't still join or register. So sending emails during the event has actually gotten people coming in because it's top of mind. It's happening right now. If it's happening two weeks from now, it's already forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that works for me. There's certainly been times when I've been like, I really want to join this webinar and then work gets in the way or whatever happens. Mm-hmm. And you get that email and you're like, wait, oh my gosh, I do want to join. I think that's during the event, sending out that messaging and continuing the social media strategy and continuing that email strategy is really important. And I also love what you said about making sure that the event is value-driven and that the attendees are going to get something out of it and that it's built into your content roadmap because I'm sure there is so much great content that's coming during the event that you can repurpose after the event. So if you're keeping it value-driven, you're able to continue to repurpose and the lifetime and life cycle of that event gets extended. Right. 
Exactly. And so, you know, at Goldcast, we're events first, you know, we're an event technology company. And so the content usually starts with events. And then, you know, we're able to reformat it into videos, blog posts, social posts. And so it kind of lives on with a much, much longer shelf life. It lives on with an on-demand version for maybe another six months. And you have mentioned some reporting capabilities and data and using the data to inform your decisions. I'm curious, I'd love to dive deeper into that. What do you think are some maybe like missed opportunities you see happening for event marketers when it comes to attributing influence and, you know, events as influence on the funnel? Something that I think that is a huge miss is when people register but don't attend and people kind of remove the event as part of anything that drives pipeline. But that is another touch point. And maybe it's not as a high intent touch point as someone that's attended, but someone still made an effort to register and they didn't do that by mistake. And and so I think a lot of the times people just assume that if they did not attend, they're not worth looking at. Maybe they're the new t-shirt leads of events. But I still think that they clearly saw some kind of value to it. Maybe they were busy, maybe life happened, but I don't think it's worth to write off. And so I think that's one piece where I think you could probably milk more out of is your did not attend people. That is a really good point. And for event marketers, how do you suggest maybe they socialize the information and the data that comes out of events to the broader organization. So at Goldcast, we do postmortems for every you know major event that we do. And in a postmortem, it's really an environment, a forum where um, stakeholders of an event can come together and really talk candidly about things that went well, celebrate those things, and then talk blamelessly about things that didn't go well and make actionable you know, takeaways from things that did not go well. And so coming out of that postmortem, we'll typically have you know data sets to kind of analyze and sort of understand if there are any dots that we connect based off of poor performance with you know, what we did and how we can improve moving forward. But after we do all of that and we have our takeaways and for you know what we do next to improve, we're always trying to one up our next event, is that we, we share that with the rest of our organization through Slack with, you know, either a Loom video or, you know, a slide deck or, you know, a Notion document just to outline this is what happened. And, you know, this is the key takeaways. We always have that documented. People may not always go look at it, but we always have it because it's at some point you're going to need that documentation, whether you have turnover or, you know, it's five years down the line and you want to look back on what happened. Uh, it's super important to sort of have those documents in place so you can remember. I love that. I think postmortems are very important. And you used the word blamelessly, which I I think is a key word (laughs) within there, not pointing fingers, just simply what happened? How can we make this better next time? Exactly. Yeah. And you mentioned you joined Goldcast a year ago. So somewhat on the heels of the pandemic. And of course, there has been a massive shift to digital. And I'm sure you have felt that very hard at Goldcast in helping companies transform their events to being virtual and now hybrid. How, from a measurement perspective, have you seen events impact in the shift to digital? Do you find that there's now maybe more pipeline coming from events or we have to reframe how we think about events in terms of creating pipeline? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, philosophically, the events industry was kind of flipped on its head. It was in-person first, and now it's digital first. And I I don't believe it's going to go back to in-person first. I 
fully believe that we're heading into a world of digital first events, whether it be you know hybrid with an element of in-person, but I do believe that we're going to have to think everything digital first. And that changes the game completely, it changes the way we analyze the events, changes the way that people engage and behave on events, even the technology tools that we have. I mean, over the last two years, the events industry there's, there's been so much amazing innovation. It's been so exciting to see. And as a marketer, as a, as a demand gen growth marketer, I'm like nerding out on all the data points that we can collect now. I think what we might see is a marketer is being overwhelmed with the amount of data that they are able to collect and not being able to prioritize and make sense of them. And so I, I do think that like that is probably the next big problem is figuring out how to qualify event leads, given all of the engagement signals that we're getting. Every single time someone's clicking on something, sending out a chat message, that's an engagement point. But how do we prioritize, build a model to make sure that it's a repeatable process to qualify these people that come through this event? So I think that's probably the next thing as we continue growing our digital engagement signals is making sense of all of them. I think that overall, the event space it's just completely reinvented. And it's super exciting because one part of events that I think I've always, you know, there's always that FOMO, the fear of missing out. People always want to go to the events, people maybe not being able to attend because of budget reasons. But now it's fully accessible. You just need a computer or Wi-Fi. And I think it's a huge positive in the B2B world. Yeah, I agree. Being able to just, like we said, like while you're working and you can just pop into this event, rather than, you know, having to fully restructure your day or week to go to an in-person event. But like we mentioned, there are a lot of in-person events that are now happening. And with that, we've seen it paired with a virtual element. So making it this sort of hybrid experience so that there is in-person, but you also get this accessibility and connection from a virtual perspective as well. How have you seen companies successfully pair the in-person and virtual elements? Yeah, that's a really good question. And we're actually working on a research report right now just to try to understand maybe different industries, different personas prefer in-person engagements versus virtual engagements. You really just have to like, you know, it comes down to the industry and the persona. Some people love being in person, some people don't. But for me, like in the hybrid space, I would say that, you know, at Goldcast, we've run a couple of different hybrid executions using our own platform. And it's been amazing to sort of see it come to life because people talk about hybrid, but nobody really knows what it is or what it looks like or how to actually pull it off. So happy to say that we pulled it off. And I think tips for doing that is that you need a platform that can support both. It, it needs to be a single platform. You can't kind of Frankenstein two together. It needs to be a platform that supports an in-person experience as well as the virtual experience. Disconnecting the two would just be super disjointed and you're just going to have a lot of issues. The second thing is that you really have to have a vision or have a plan for how you want your in-person attendees to engage versus the virtual attendees engagement. It's kind of like two separate events and you do have to plan them separately. You may have, you know, in-person happy hours, but while they're having a happy hour, what are the virtual folks doing? Are you sending them a kit? Are you giving them a virtual DJ? So keeping them in mind that, you know, it's happening at the same time. They're in two different spaces. You do have to plan two different plans. Yeah, it's a, that's a really good point. I love the idea of doing a kit or something while in person they're doing a happy hour. We might steal that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Kelly, thank you so much for coming on Conversation Starters. I really enjoyed our conversation and learning more about events. And I think you have a really unique outlook being at an event marketing company and being in growth and marketing. So I really appreciate it. If people want to connect with you or learn more about Goldcast, where can they find you and where can they find more information about Goldcast? Come find me on my LinkedIn. It's just linkedin.com backslash in backslash Kelly H. Chang. And then learn more about Goldcast at our website, goldcast.io. First podcast episode all about events in the books. Yes, yes. Season three, finally getting to events. But (laughs) Kelly covered every phase of events, so we got it all in one. It's true. Starting conversations before events, continuing the conversation, enabling your team's measurement, postmortems. I really learned a lot from Kelly. Yeah, I really enjoyed what she had to say about how to communicate the ROI of events back to the broader company. Because I think that's always something top of mind for everyone is no matter what work you're doing, you can sometimes feel like you're in a silo. So just proving the benefit and the more people that know about the work you're doing, the broader reach and higher ROI you're going to have. Yeah, I really liked the personalization piece in the polls, in the event, using that information or questions to follow up past the event. I think that that's a really nice personalization piece that you can use during the event and then continue the conversation. Yeah, exactly. Starting the conversation in the event, continuing, getting to that next deeper level once you're having these one-on-ones. Awesome. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did and stay tuned for next week. Thanks so much for listening to Conversation Starters. If you liked this episode, please leave us a six-star review by clicking the link in the show notes. And hit subscribe so you never miss another one. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sammy Reinstein and follow all of our shows at Drift Podcast.